on. How y'all doing tonight? I said, how y'all doing tonight? We doing good? Hey, man, it's chilly outside. It's nice outside. Thank you, Trey. Awesome. I'm going to come down here for a second. I'm so glad that you guys chose to come out tonight. We are wrapping up our sermon series called Supernatural. Turn to somebody and say supernatural. Turn to somebody else, number two, choice number two, and say supernatural. So we've been... Uh, through this series all month, and actually we've had a bunch of Wednesdays this month. We're on our fifth Wednesday of the month. That's a lot. I love it. And so I just want to kind of give you a recap, just in case this is your first time out or it's been a minute since you've been here. Uh, week one, we talked about the Holy Spirit, okay? And we talked about how that still small voice inside is probably not our own. We, we figured out how to discern whether we're hearing from God or is it ourself in our head or is it the devil. And actually brings me to our second week we talked about Satan. Who is Satan and what is he here to do? We learned that he was a fallen angel and that he was sent here in John 10, 10. It says the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But the good part of that verse, it says, but God comes to give us life and life to the fullest. And then I don't know how many of you were here last week to hear my beautiful, beautiful wife uh, bring down the house. Just like little barks. That's weird. Uh, she did a great job. She talked about prayer. What is prayer? Is there power in prayer? And what do we do when our prayers aren't being answered right away? So tonight, this is our last night of Supernatural, and I'm very excited. But before we dive into it, uh, let's bow our heads in a moment of prayer. God, I thank you so much for each student that's here tonight, Lord, that it's not by chance. But God, you called them here to receive from you a new way. And Lord, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would be here, that you would uh, work in this place, that you would convict us in our lives, and that you would teach us and show us how much you love us, Father. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. So I want to open up and tell you guys a story about nine years ago. So it's been a minute. I was 19 years old, and my dad's birthday was coming up. Does anybody like puppies? Right? I mean, you can be the manliest guy, and you still love puppies. You're just like, oh, my goodness, come here. What's... And so I wanted to get my dad a puppy. And so he loves German Shepherds. Anybody else? Like police dog, canine, coming at you. And so I was like, I'm going to get my dad a dog. I'm going to get him a German Shepherd, purebred, beautiful German Shepherd. And so I, I met somebody at Walmart. This is probably going south from here. If you meet anybody at Walmart, even if you're buying Bibles, it's not a good experience. And so I met this guy. Did I say McDonald's or Walmart? I met McDonald's, my bad. I was lying, y'all. And so I met, at, even worse, right, McDonald's. And so I showed up, and we did the doggy deal. We, 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 we passed money for dog. And I was so excited, and I brought this dog home. And so I want to preface this photo of the dog before we, I was 19, all right? Hold on, don't put it up yet. And so I, I posted this on Facebook nine years ago uh, today. And so go ahead and put the photo up there. So I wanted to do two things. I, I, wanted, I wanted a picture. I wanted people to know that we had a new puppy and that I was still yoked. You know what I'm saying? And a tool. And so God has done a lot of stuff since then. Yes, that is me. No, it's not Photoshop. It's been a minute, all right? Calm down. And so I got this puppy, right, from my dad, and I'm excited. I'm taking selfies, and 
So the dog grows up to be this beautiful, aggressive, Trixie turns into boom! Photo op, aggressive, canine. That's not Trixie. This is Trixie. German Shepherd. German Shepherd. It's not a German Shepherd. She's a runt. Doesn't even look like a German Shepherd. But when we had her as a puppy, I'm like, this is definitely a German Shepherd. And so my question to you tonight is, have you ever thought you had something real, but it turned out to be fake? Have y'all ever had something that you're like, this is the real deal, but it turned out to be fake? So uh, I was hanging out with Trey Lamar earlier, and we looked up a couple photos. Go ahead and put one up of some things that appear to be real, but are actually fake. That's not an Xbox. That's an X-Boy. What's the next one? Cream betweens. Some of y'all are like, those are in my pantry right now. Like we, we get those, Dollar General. What, what else we got? Crust. Ooh. That's, don't admit if you use crust, all right? That is a, I'm not sure, extra care. What else do we have? Abibas. At first I thought, hey, it's Adidas, but it's Abibas. What else? Ikea, how many of you own a fake pair of Yeezys? Be real. Come on, how many of you? You're like, I'm not going to admit to that. They're real. They came straight from China. They are real as real gets. I think we got one more. What do we have? The Incredible Fella. I love this part, though. Look at Revengers, Endless Tussle. Not Infinity War, Endless tussle. And so we've all experienced something in our lives that we thought was real. It looked real. It, it felt like it was real, but it turned out to be fake. Now let's switch gears a little bit, not photos, but let's talk about our personal life. Uh-oh. Some of y'all, I'm going to bring up some old friends right now. Maybe some of them are in the room that you've had some fights with. So I'm going to start, start light. How many of you have studied for a test? Does anybody ever actually study? How many of you had studied for a test and you thought you knew everything and you were confident? You like strolled in the room, number two pencil, I'm ready. But then you got the test back, 37%, F minus. Anybody ever thought you were going to ace a test, but you failed it? You thought you had it, but you didn't. All right, let's get a little bit more personal. How many of you have had that best friend? Oh, like, you guys were going to be best friends forever and ever and ever. And then the moment they had the chance, they stabbed you in the back. Anybody? The second they had the chance, they took your man. Ooh. Took your girl. The second they could sneak in there and you realize what you thought was real. Y'all staying with me. What you thought was real, what you thought was lasting turned out to be something that was fake. Now, I know this isn't anybody in here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to this side. Maybe some of y'all know some people. Do you guys know the people that date somebody new every two weeks? Oh, they're like, I'm in love. Oh, exposed. Sorry, I'm going to stay over here after that. And so you... you you see that person, and they're, like, blowing up their Instagram feed, their Snapchat feed. They're doing the puppy face with them. You know what I'm saying? Y'all have done the puppy face. All right. And so 
you know that person. And then two weeks later, they're like, man, we were watching a movie. They were picking their feet. It was weird. It wasn't, it wasn't real. They didn't brush their teeth, and they had smelly breasts. They used crust. You know what I'm saying? You know that person who thinks they have something real, but it turns out they don't. And so I want to shift gears again. How many of us in our lives think that what we have is godly? Mm. And we think that we have something that's pure. And we think that we live a life that is perfect in the sight of God. But maybe there's some things in our lives that aren't so pure, that aren't so perfect, that aren't so godly. And I just want to turn our attention to Luke. If you've got your Bible, you can turn with me to Luke 11, and we're starting in verse 33. I'm going to give you a second. I see some people on their phones praying you're using the Bible app and not texting. And so in verse 33, if you don't have it, it's on the screen with me. It says, no one lights a lamp and then hides it or puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where the light can be seen by all who enter the house. Pay attention. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light to your whole body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when it's unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. 35. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. If you are filled with light with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight were filling you. With light. So I want to look at two things inside of this scripture. The first thing it talks about your eye being a gateway. What you're seeing defining whether you have the light of God or if you have darkness in your life. That's the first thing. We live in a culture, in a society where we watch things that are evil, we watch things that are dark all the time on Netflix. It's almost praise. Sin is put on a a pedestal and said, This is good. It's good to do this. It's good to do that even though they're worldly things. And what can happen is we're looking at these things and we're watching these things and we're hanging out with friends that are saying things that aren't the right thing and we begin to become numb and deceived on what is actually light and what is actually darkness, what is actually godly and what is actually worldly. And I don't want this to come off as a slap in the face, but I want us to be real enough tonight to look at ourselves and say, what inside me is dark? that I've been calling light. Now, the second one, it it goes straight to that. In verse 35, let's read it again. It says, make sure. Turn to somebody and say, make sure. It says, make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. Make sure the light that you think you have is not actually darkness. And so as I was studying for this message and preparing for it and thinking about you guys, uh, God began to ask me the same question that I'm asking you. He said, Trent, is there anything in your life? Is there anything that you do that is actually darkness? Is there anything in your life that, that you have that isn't my light? And we've been in a time of fasting as a church. We're doing a 21-day fast, and today's day 14 will be ending at First Wednesday, which I want to encourage you to come out next week. We're going to be in the main auditorium. First Wednesday, we have an awesome guest speaker. There's your plug for next week. 
let's get back on track. And so God was challenging me during this fast to ask him for new things in my life. And, and so as I was asking him for new things in my life and for him to reveal things in me that I needed to change, he kind of opened my eyes. And so he gave me this. He said that, that we can live in two zones. We can either live in the black or the white, the good or the bad, the godly or the sinful in life. And the Bible is very clear on what's black and what's white, what's godly and leading us to Christ and growing our relationship with God and what is sinful and what is dark. And this is what the God told me, and I wanted to share it with you guys. He began to reveal to me that we live in this area that isn't black or white. We tend to live in this area that's gray. We live in this area that's gray, and we call it good, and we call it okay. I once had a student, this was three years ago. I remember it like it was yesterday. He came up to me. He was pretty bold. I don't know how smart he was, but he was bold. And he said, he said Pastor Trent. I was like, what's going on? And he said, I've got a question for you. I was like, go ahead. He said, how far can I go with my girlfriend until it's sin? He said, first base, second base, where are we at, Pastor? Right? Bold. Begin to ask me, what, what do you think? And I sat back a little bit uh, shocked, but again, like, I was, I was glad that he was being real with me. And I started thinking about that moment tonight. And so I said to him, I said, you're going towards the cliff, and you're, you're trying to see how close you can get to the edge before you fall off. Why don't you see how close you can get to God? And how, how many things you can remove and the, the things that are kind of on the borderline, if you can get rid of them and get closer to your Lord and your Savior. But I think a lot of us kind of carry that around in the gray zone. It's like, what can I do? What fun can I have? What worldly fun can I have to the point where I'm living on the edge and I, I have one foot in church and I have one foot in the world with my worldly friends? And we've, only, we've almost taken that on with a lot of things in our lives. And I want to encourage you not to seek those gray areas. And so for me, I was like, Lord, what are some things that I can change? Now, I love listening to country music. Like if it's a hot summer day, windows down, I'm cruising. I love to blast some country music, some Jason Aldean. You know what I'm saying? Chilling on the dirt road. You know, I'm like singing along and I'm just getting after it. And so God began to challenge me. He asked me a question. He goes, what would you define that as? Black, white, gray. I was like, well, Lord, sometimes country music, they talk about God. You know. And God said, kind of tapping me on the shoulder. He said, is it getting you closer to me? Is it encouraging you to seek me more? And I'm not saying that the gray areas, my gray areas are your gray areas, or your gray areas are mine. But what I am saying is that we serve a God who's seeking us out and wants us to come close to him. And a lot of times we can put these gray areas or good things in our life, like watching too much Netflix, guys, girls playing too much video games, scrolling social media for hours. And then when we say we're too busy, we say we can't, we just don't have enough time to get in our word. We don't have enough time to read the scriptures. We don't have time to worship God. When God's saying, I just want your time, I want your attention I want to show you what something real is. 
the gray areas. I want you to begin to think of the gray areas in your life that God might be poking at and saying, would you give that to me? Would you give it to me? Would you spend more time with me? Would you start going after me and not going after the world? And I was thinking about that, and I started thinking about uh, these two roses, these vases with roses in them. And like I said, before we live in a world that sometimes our eyes, we can, we can see through a blurry lens on what's good and bad, what's light and what's dark. We can kind of have a skewed perspective or a wrong perspective of what is right and what is wrong. And almost like these roses, we look at things in our life and, and we kind of from a distance, we decide like, is this good or is this bad? Is this godly? Is this sinful? I just don't know because what I'm watching on TV says this is acceptable, but what I'm not, what I'm reading in the Word says maybe it's not. But a lot of times we look from a distance and we look through our experiences lens instead of a godly lens, instead of looking in the Word of God. And we, we look at like these roses right now and we say like, okay, that's real, that's fake, that, that vase is plastic or that vase is, is glass, that water is water, or maybe it's, I don't know what else I put in there. But we make these assumptions on what's light and what's dark, and it can begin to skew what we're thinking and maybe even change whether we think that the light in us, we get confused and we go, is, is it light or is it dark? And it's because we're looking from a distance, we're looking through a lens that says, I guess this is good or I guess this is bad. And we look from a distance and we make our assumptions and we make our ideas reality. And we kind of look at the light or the dark or what are these. And so we don't know from the distance that these are nothing but plastic. These are fake. Maybe you thought that, maybe you didn't. And so we're like, okay, is this good or bad for my life? But until you can come close to God and you can come before God and you can get on your knees and you can open the Bible and you can begin to read it and read about how much he loves you and how much he's seeking after you and how he sent his only son to die for you. Until you get close, as long as we stand at a distance and we push back God, we're going to have these different viewpoints. We're going to look at stuff and not know if it's good or not, not know if it's godly or not. It takes grabbing hold of God's word and going, this is real. This is light. It takes grabbing hold. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. But we're from a distance sometimes. We're not even asking God, is this good or not? Is this real or not? It takes coming to God to be able to identify the things that we might think that are light and find out that they are dark. And so tonight I want to do this. Can you guys just close your eyes? We're going to switch things up a little bit tonight. And I just want to ask you, Maybe this is your first time at church. Maybe you've been coming all your life. Maybe like me, you say you were born in a pew, like you were there all the time. But I want you to look at this specific moment in your life and examine yourself. The Bible says examine yourself. Before we even move on, I want to ask you this question. I want to ask you if you want to give your heart, your life, 
to the Lord. If you want to say, God, you can have it all. You can have my hopes. You can have my dreams. You can have my aspirations. You can have my boyfriend, my friendships, my family. I give it over to you, God. Because if you're not blessing it and if you're not in it, I don't want it. God sent his son to die on a cross for all of us. The Bible says, for all have sinned. There's not a single person in here that hasn't sinned. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And God saw that we were in need of a savior. And God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on a cross for you and I to take sin upon himself that we can live a life more abundantly, that we can live a life with Christ, not that it's going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. Can we just pray this prayer together, asking God to be the Lord of life? Can we just say, Jesus, come on, say it out loud, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I repent. I turn away from sin, and I turn to you. Save me. Raise me and fill me with your Holy Spirit, never to be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. And with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time and you just feel God drawing you to him, you say, tonight I'm giving my heart to the Lord. On the count of three, will you just lift your hand? We just want to give you a card. We want to touch base with you. On the count of three, one, two, three. That's you tonight. Saying, I'm giving my heart to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can look up at me as the worship team begins to make their way. Uh, I'm not done yet. And so as I was thinking about this and thinking about you guys, God brought me to a memory of um, Tori and I, our honeymoon. And, and we went and we cruised and we went all over the place and it was awesome. It was a great experience. And I remember we went to this place uh, called St. Martin. It's an island, I think. I don't know where I was going. I was just on, on along for the ride. And we went zip lining. We went zip lining and and so it was a bunch of couples and they, they drove us up the side of a mountain and it was all curvy and we got to the peak of this mountain and there were two guides with us, two people that instruct you and teach you how to go down the zip line. And so the first one, he, he gave us a quick explanation and he said, you know, you clip this here, you clip that there, and then you slide down. I don't know, has anybody ever been zip lining? So like in America, zip lines, like you got like extra safety straps and you got like an angel holding you this was a little bit different. And so uh, the first guy, he said, are we good? And he took off. He said, I'll be at the other side to catch the first group. And about half of the group went through. And then the second guy, he looked at us with his accent and he said, are y'all good? And so we were all laughing. He's like, no, seriously, I'm gonna hook on and I'm gonna leave. And we're like, oh, this guy's funny. He's funny. He's a jokester. And he hooked on the line and he left. And so there were half of us at the top of this mountain and we all looked at each other. And there was a point where we had to make a decision as a group. We had to make a personal decision. Are we going to walk down this mountain and say, I'm not going to do this? Or are we going to hook ourselves on and if we're going to take a leap of faith and say, I'll go for it. And so as I was thinking about you guys, I started thinking about that moment and kind of that phrase that we all have seen on social media, you know, send it, full send, right? 
Everybody know what I'm talking about? Nod your head. There we go. Send it. See, there's a point with Christ where we, you know, we can come here to services and we can kind of dip our toe in the pool and we can say, oh, it's too cold or I don't know. But there's sometimes you just got to jump into God and say, okay, God, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know it's going to be worth it. And you got to send it. Full send. And I believe tonight some of you have maybe been tiptoeing around Christ and you've been kind of checking out what we do here and you're like, I just don't know what's going on. And I want to encourage you tonight that God is calling you to go all in with him. He's not calling a little bit of you. He's calling all of you to change your school, to change your families. Because we can all stand around and point to somebody else and say, you do it. No, you do it. Or we can say, you know what? I'm going to go, Lord. And I know it's going to be worth it. I know it's going to be worth it. In Revelation 3, it talks about, God says, either be hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out. And tonight, I think we have to make a decision. We're either going to be hot for Christ or cold. But it's one or the other. We have to make a decision whether we'll go or we'll stay. So I got three points for you that I'm going to close on, and then we're going to enter a time of worship. And I want you to activate these points that kind of go along with the message. And the first one is that we must repent. We must say, God, there's some things in my life that maybe are darkness that I thought were light, but now you're kind of revealing that they're dark, and I want to change. God, I'm going to turn from sin. Repent is turning away from. I'm turning from the life that I was living, the darkness that I was living in, and I'm turning to you, God. The second thing that I want us to do is replace. Replace the time, replace the act, replace the thing that was taking our attention that we were in darkness and replace it with something godly, replace it with worshiping, replace it to, with reading the word, with spending time with people from this church and, and talking about the things of the Lord and asking questions. Then the last one is relax. Relax in God's presence. Relax in God's faithfulness. Relax in God's response. So I want you to think about those three things as we go back into a time of worship. And if you need to come up, don't just come up to come up, but if you need to come up and do work with the Lord tonight and get away from some people, don't hesitate to do it. Let's worship.